This is Leslie. And this is Liam. And we're trading money stress for real happiness. You are listening to Steve's a 15-minute debrief on young people's common money challenges. Every episode will bring someone new to the table to plant a foundational seed on how to grow our wealth and unlock our ideal lifestyle. We're so, so glad you're here. And today's guest is Nina Pasha, based in Chicago. We're so excited to have Nina on the pod because she's actually a licensed real estate agent in Chicago, specializing in helping first-time home buyers and first-time investors get into the real estate market and do so effectively. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to ask, as you know, our podcast is focused on planting for seeds, <laughs> help trade this money stress for real happiness. Nina, what does happiness mean to you? How are you using finances to get there? Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Nina. Um, really, happiness for me is um, being a service to others while still being fully present of my own well-being and creative state. Um, for me, I've been working or had a job since I was 11 years old, and mainly because my mother's been sick since then. And when I was in my early 20s, I started realizing that throughout that whole time, I was trading my time for money. And I wanted to kind of switch that around to actually use money to create the lifestyle I want to create. And that's one of the main ways I got into real estate and started thinking about, like, how I can use real estate to not only create money for myself, but also generate create generational wealth for me and my future family because something that my family and I have never witnessed or experienced. Um, and that's just what I want to teach to all of my peers is that there is another way of earning money, and that can be through real estate investing. Um, that's why I decided to get my real estate license and also, you know, do these courses and classes about house hacking, um, getting into real estate investing for the first time to really just help my peers to, to, to really help my peers escape, you know, the nine to five um, and live the life that they want to live. Yeah. Awesome, Nina, on, honestly, so relatable there. And I think whether it's generational wealth or something I'm working on right now, topics like closing the racial wealth gap, so many mm-hmm. reasons why people head into real estate. So, so grateful for what you're already doing. And I'm glad you're on the pod today because we had a submission. One of our listeners said that they are curious about the right time to buy property. They they just moved to New York and plan on staying there for a while, but I, they don't really know how long they'll be there. They ask, you know, is there a minimum timing where I should be in a place to buy? Also, when is the right time to buy a property, whether by white stage, by market? I feel too young to really know what I'll want in my portfolio and really appreciate any guidance. Um, I've definitely thought some of these questions myself. So, (laughs) Nina, help us out here. Where would you start? How would you start to think about the right time to buy? Well, I mean, you guys both been at my seminar, and I think everything when it's in terms of, like, what you decide to do really starts with your mental state. And mm. um, I think especially with something like buying a property, even if it's something that you're going to live, live in yourself, um, you really have to think about 
you know, the, the anxiety or how it can feel overwhelming. And the reason why it feels overwhelming is because housing is a necessity for us, but it's also one of the biggest money purchases we will ever make, right? Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that's why a lot of people feel so overwhelmed about it. But I think, you know, really the biggest steps or like how I always look at it is like the four steps to make with anything is create a goal, right? So with real estate in general, the goal you want to think about in my head is this, do you want to reduce your current housing expenses or do you want to bring in extra money each month or each year? Um, I think the sign in between those two things will kind of help you decide like where you want to go next. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the second thing is really just to analyze where you're at now. So like how much are you currently spending housing? Um and if you were to spend less or more, could you really afford that? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, make a decision based on that. Um, in terms of, do you guys have any? I feel like I'm just rambling. Yeah, no, I, I think that, like, super fair criteria to follow. And I'm, I'm learning. Leslie and I are here taking notes as you're talking, Nina. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I, I did a little research. I, I looked up uh, an article by Dave Ramsey. Um, it's, it's on his blog and it's, it's a buy versus rent, uh, myth article and it's, I think it's called myths busted. Um, and, and a few of the guidelines that he, I guess, bestows on the readers to consider are, when thinking about if you're ready to buy one, are you out of debt? So where are you currently at? Um, another one, do you have an emergency fund with, we've talked about in the past three to six months or however you want to define that mm-hmm. of expenses saved? Another one is enough, having enough cash for 10 to 20% of a down payment if you're going to do a 15 – or, I'm sorry, a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage. Um, will your mortgage be less than 25% or less of your monthly take-home income? That's to ensure you have plenty of room to budget for living and to achieve other goals like saving for retirement or whatever those other goals might be. And then also – how long do you plan on being in the location that you're looking to buy? Mm. Um, I think in the article, Dave Ramsey writes, will you be there more than three years? He kind of uses three years as that threshold if it might make sense. I know that's very, that varies a lot. You know, you might have opinions on each of those, um, but those <laughs> yeah. are, I think, good guidelines to kind of start to follow and a few of the right things to think about. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I love those steps. Um but I guess my thoughts are, I think the biggest thing, especially for first-time home buyers, is really just giving, getting past the hump of feeling overwhelmed. And I just really feel like a lot of steps will make people feel even more overwhelmed. That's why I like going to the idea of, like, you know, thinking about what your goal is. Like I said, do you want to reduce housing expenses or do you want to produce cash flow? Analyze mm-hmm. where you're currently spending. These are, like, easy steps that anybody can take. Like, you don't have mm-hmm. to research what these things mean, right? Um, mm-hmm. And three, the third thing you can do, which I think is, you know, one of the things that um, he mentioned in that article is actually look and see where you want to live and how much things are getting sold in that area. And then you can mm-hmm. simply use, like, a mortgage calculator to see, you know, how much that monthly payment would be. And they have mortgage calculators on um, – what is it called? Credit Karma, um, mm-hmm. which I love. Oh, so you can literally just yeah. So you can literally just type in you know this house was 
300000 how much my mortgage would be, and compare that to what you're currently spending. And like I said, does that meet your budget? Are you going to be reducing your housing expenses so you can save up money for a safety net or save that money for something else you want to do? Um, I think the last thing, too, is, you know, build a team. So you need a real estate agent. You're going to need um, – maybe you'll need a financial advisor, but you definitely need a real estate agent, um, a loan officer, or a mortgage professional to help guide mm-hmm. you through that process. And ideally find somebody who has an investment um, experience so they can kind of guide you through that. Um, but, you know, when you build a team, make sure you're picking someone, too, who's okay with working with you over a course of six months and not trying to rush you into something. Like, for instance, I'm working with somebody for the last year, but – She's not going to be ready to buy from a year from now. So that's going to be a total mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay. I'm okay with that because I want to be sure that she's making the right decision for her. So again, right. it goes back to like my personal mission of being a service to other people. So yeah, those are the first four steps. It's like I'm rambling. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is so helpful. Seriously, I am over here with my with my pen and my sticky note, like. Rambling notes down. Liam's going to attest to it. You run out of room. It's <laughs> a really small thing, you know. But, but, but I, I think so helpful, right? Between the, the resources that we have available to us, whether it's, you know, a Dave Ramsey blog or a affordability calculator, uh, Nina and, and also Liam, it sounds like what we're identifying here is, you know, this person's asking about when is the right time to buy, like, life stage-wise. Mm-hmm. It sounds mm-hmm. like there's some foundation. That need to be yeah. set. There's some foundations about debt or about emergency savings funds. And also on the emotional side of things, I'm reading a fantastic book right now. It's called The Behavior Gap. Highly mm. recommend it. She won't stop talking about I it. I literally cannot stop talking right about it. Um, I'm writing that down. Oh, yeah. yes, behavior, the behavior gap, I'm serious, you will not be disappointed. Uh, but all about the, like, emotional and mental maturity it takes to invest. And when mm-hmm. you think about real estate as one of those biggest ticket items or one of those huge investments, um, I think here we've done a great job of covering really, really broadly what that life stage is like of when it's good to buy. And then maybe, you know, that three-year mark, that that Dave Ramsey suggests is a good good hedge to to really use as a as a milestone of you know are you going to be in New York for three years or more if you can't definitively say yes then maybe it's not a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And in our, in our last couple of minutes, Nina, I'm curious if we can also tackle the secondary part of this person's question, which is, is there a right time to time the market when it comes to real estate? Um, Really, really hairy subject, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And I'm curious mm-hmm. if you have a go-to um, piece of advice or wisdom when you hear that from your own clients or from others. I mean, it's really hard to say. And the reason why is because the market changed so frequently. Um, but I would say, like, for instance, you know, you can sometimes find a seller at the end of the year who are just desperate to sell before, you know, the new year comes which actually helps your case. Um, mm-hmm. But always buying something, you know, before the spring market or before the spring and summer market is always helpful. You're typically going to mm-hmm. find something that's a little bit more cheaper um, mm-hmm. compared to buying something in the summer market where everybody else is buying something and you also have a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. And is that just because people are, are less excited to move in the winter? Did I – 
like make that up? Or is that the reason <laughs> right. why the summer is so popular? Well, I mean, that should be some of it, but I think it just comes down to people's timeline when you usually rent, right? So people usually rent around July and August. So if you move back, like they typically, like I typically tell people, if you want to, if you're moving in, your your lease is up in August, you want to start looking like three to six months out. So that kind of just ends up being the spring and summer market where people are buying. That's when they're going to be typically, their lease is going to end for renting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know this is a, a hairy topic, as Leslie described <laughs> it, as I like that. Um, I, I feel like we've really planted the seed on this topic of home buying. Uh, I want to make sure that our listeners know how the seed could blossom and grow into these plants that we call the wealth journey. Uh, do we have any actionable takeaways to help these seeds become plants? Ooh, uh- I'll weigh in here. Yeah, I'll kick off here. Um, And and really, I think it comes down to these two uh, huge questions that, to be honest, we've all asked ourselves when we thought about real estate. Like, should I buy? Is it right for me? And then also, how am I understanding the market? I think my number one piece of feedback for this listener is uh, there is a certain level of mental and emotional maturity that comes with being ready to buy real estate. And if you're not there, that's okay. Um, but I would definitely leverage that as a takeaway and maybe even suggest doing some reflecting um, to see, like, am, am I ready to um, be less overwhelmed? Am I ready to invest in my foundation so that I can actually go forward and, and leverage this as a long-term play? Uh, that's where I'd start off. What about you, Nina? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it totally comes down to where your emotional state is and, you know, is this right for me mentally right now? Am I only doing this because, you know, it's kind of like the hot topic of, like, how I can create financial freedom for myself? Or is it, um, you know, something that's feasible for, for me now? And only a person that can answer that for you is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with both of those. I would also say you mentioned this emotional readiness and stability to go ahead and do this. I, I wouldn't put an age on that. So, like, I don't know if this person yeah, is totally. for, oh, yeah, when you're, like, 28, you should start. Like, no, I, I mean, everybody's going to reach that Great point. at different ages, at different stages of their lives based on different external and sometimes uncontrollable factors. So as you are going, looking to check those boxes of am I in debt, do I have a, I like your point, Nina, do I have a support team yet? Do I have resources and and references and have I done my own research to know what to expect. Everybody's going to hit that at a different time of their life. Um, So my takeaway is to start looking at those boxes if you do want to buy of are you out of debt, do you have an emergency fund, will this be a financially sound decision based on rent versus buy calculators, mortgage rate calculators, Um, and as you start to build your your board of directors, I guess, um, (laughs) you'll – I think you'll find some good mentorship and, and resources out there to allow you to find what's financially right for you. I, I I love these takeaways, guys. All of the above, plus avoid summer and spring, apparently. That's a huge <laughs> takeaway here. Although we could probably talk about this topic for quite a while, I do want to take a moment to celebrate an incredible real growth moment from oh, one of yeah. our listeners. And it's funny because this listener's um, – 
initials are RMG. Isn't that Whoa. crazy? Real drunk moment from Ruby Miller Dudnick, calling her out first and last name because she's one of my best friends of all time. And she's actually based in New York now, uh, um, teaching in, in middle school. I'm honestly an angel and a legend at the same time. But Ruby was able to dial in to LJ's episode about spending uh, guilt and money stress and really took away quite a bit around how to start rethinking finances and just feeling more confident mentally. Uh, Ruby, so, so excited for you, so proud of you. And thanks for sharing it. Honestly, it's hard to separate that mental and emotional component from finances. I'm, I'm so grateful for a community that's vulnerable about that and that's continuing to work on that uh, day by day. Yeah, nice. We love bringing up these stories. You know, there's so many others like us, like Ruby, like Nina, like, like anybody. <laughs> As we're beginning our wealth journey and we're seeking happiness in real time, I'm grateful to all you listeners for joining us. Love to hear about your challenges, um, your growth mindsets, your wins. All of the above, Liam. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Please, please go to the link in our Seeds podcast description and share your experiences with us. We'd love to help you achieve those goals and, of course, celebrate when you do. And can't we be part of your journey as you're all part of ours? In the meantime, subscribe to Seeds. Stay today with the community um, as we collectively pursue happiness. And lastly, a huge shout out to Nina Pasha for weighing in here on the right time to buy, both personally and as it relates to the market. Nina, your workshops, your seminars, your expertise, just always so valuable. So thanks for joining us. Is there any way that guests or listeners can follow up with you, any social media or any way they can keep up with, uh, with your real estate efforts? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my handle is the Lyric Group. So, are you guys gonna have like a show notes or anything? Um, oh yeah. Okay, great. So they'll have them in the show notes because they're so fancy. But yeah, that's how you can reach out to me. Um, and then I also have, if you're in the Chicago land area, I have seminars um, pretty much every two months at the Next Door in Lincoln Park. So hopefully, I'll be able to see you guys there as well. Definitely, definitely. And I, I can attest to that. Those seminars are awesome. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll hear from Thank you Nina. next Wednesday. And Nina, you're awesome. Thanks for being yes, on the pod. Signing off.